to NeoZaz.com's War of the Worlds Week 2017. I am Matt, coming to you from NeoZaz Studios in Orlando, Florida. Last year, we decided to start dedicating a week in October to the subject of War of the Worlds. This year, we're continuing that tradition, though a bit less exhaustive than last year. If you recall last year's introduction to War of the Worlds Week, you may recall how I talked about being inspired by various versions of War of the Worlds from the past that... So much so that I had wanted to do a news as version of the War of the Worlds. And I think my exact words were, next year there will be a news as version of War of the Worlds. Well, as so many times happens to me, especially when it comes to big productions at news as, that news as War of the Worlds is not done. I am happy to say that it is written, although there are a few scene changes to come, there is at least a script. But as far as there being a 2017 release, Sadly, that won't be happening. Is it coming in 2018? I'm not even going to make a joke about that for fear of setting myself up to put my other foot in my mouth. While working on that story, not just this past year, but in the years I've been thinking about it and having it something I've wanted to do, I've scoured the internet for just about everything and anything War of the Worlds related for ideas and inspiration. All those years of research led into a bit of a tradition for me of watching, listening, or reading the same collection of War of the Worlds media each Halloween. And that's the premise of this special episode to start off our short War of the Worlds week. I made a list of the 10 musts I take in each year for War of the Worlds. Some of these you no doubt already know, maybe even experience yourself, but there's a good chance that there'll be something new here for you too. So let's find out. Starting with number 10. Scarlet Traces, specifically the complete Scarlet Traces Volume 1 and 2. Scarlet Traces is a comic series written by Ian Eddington and illustrated by D.S. Reilly that started in 2002. It's a continuation of the H.G. Wells' War of the World story. It starts 10 years after the fall of the Martians and their attack on Earth. The complete Scarlet Traces Volume 1 and 2 features the entire run and also includes Eddington and D.S. Reilly's 2006 phenomenal adaptation of the original war of the world story the continuation of the story is great britain has adapted and studied the martian technology and integrated it into their lives including working and maintaining the martian heat ray making great britain the dominant world power but of course just as any alternate what if story there is conflict villains and without going into any spoiler territory too far martians Volume 2 takes the story a little deeper into the future, and the tension and conflict escalates to the point of a second War of the Worlds. Both volumes are in trade paperback form now, and both available on Amazon.com. I'll put the link in the show notes with this post. If you're a fan of War of the Worlds and don't mind someone else other than the original creator continuing the story, this is actually a really fun story to read. I really enjoyed it. It was actually brought to my attention by my good friend and fellow news as personality, Eric Moore, who does a show called Effectively Speaking, which in fact has featured a War of the Worlds episode. So check that out as well, along with everything else on this list. Few men even considered the possibility of life on other planets. And yet, across the gulf of space... Minds immeasurably superior to ours regarded this earth with envious eyes. And slowly and surely, they drew their plans against us.
Number 9. Jeff Wayne's The War of the Worlds, The New Generation. In 1978, musical composer Jeff Wayne released his debut studio album, the retelling of H.G. War of the Worlds story called Jeff Wayne's Musical Version of the War of the Worlds. As you can guess by that title, it is a musical version of the story. It sold millions of copies worldwide, spawned a video game for the Sinclair ZX Spectrum, launched a live stage tour, published a DVD, and in 2011, a new version of the musical. After a hiatus from the ongoing tour, Jeff Wayne re-explored the original H.G. Wells story and characters, reworked the album, and released Jeff Wayne's musical version of The War of the Worlds, The New Generation, on November 26, 2012. Along with this new reworked musical was a new tour. This tour included large movie screens, live actors, an enormous flame-shooting Martian tripod, and a holographic Liam Neeson as the journalist. An official DVD and Blu-ray of this stage spectacle was released, and this is the Blu-ray I have and enjoy in my annual War of the Worlds Entertainment. interrupt this program for a special bulletin. Here now is Sandy Hill. Seismologists at Caltech now report at least three separate seismic events tonight, each in the northern hemisphere with earth tremors of magnitude 8.5 and above. Now, the first location is believed to be in the Thunder Basin area of Wyoming. That's about 200 miles east of Casper. So far, we have no reports of casualties. The other two sites in Europe and Asia have not been identified. But stay tuned at 11 o'clock news for further details. We now resume our regularly scheduled program. Number 8, Without Warning. This is the 1994 TV movie, not the 1980 theatrical film. They are two completely different stories. The 1994 TV movie. This is one of the many pieces inspired by War of the Worlds. In this case, this is inspired by the telling of the story through news reports. The movie starts out like any other TV movie. In fact, it's a Lonnie Anderson movie of all things. And that movie is called Without Warning but it's quickly interrupted by a news report of three large asteroids headed towards Earth. Eventually, they strike ground, and we learn that they're not just plain asteroids. It is a fantastic written story and an amazing storytelling format. It is a TV movie, so there are some limitations in the effects, and some of the actors' performances aren't on par with the rest. But overall, it is a unique piece of forgotten TV history that I highly recommend checking out. There's a couple copies on YouTube, at least as of this recording, and I will definitely put those links in the article posting that is host to this episode you're listening to right now on neozaz.com. Number seven, War of the Worlds in Audio History. Gonna add a little shameless self-promotion in this list and give number seven to the Neozaz special, War of the Worlds in Audio History. In this special, Yours Truly takes a look at the many, many different audio versions and takes of War of the Worlds, starting with, of course, the 1938 Mercury Theater on the air version and going well past that. It can be found on neozaz.com, of course, but I'll also include the direct link in this show's post as well. What about the Martian cylinder? What? The Martian cylinder. Oh, don't look. Something more dramatic. I don't dramatic. want you to be prejudiced. Just turn around. Norman, you two, come on, turn Something around over here. More dramatic than a weather report Norman. dance band. Norman, yes. one minute, please. Just listen. 
What do you think? Sounds like you're trying to open a pickle jar. What is it, huh? Paul, what do you want from me? Come I can't no, no, visualize what a Martian's going to It's got to be terrifying. Like. It's got to be huge, ponderous. I mean, it hasn't opened in a million light years. Hey, what about the prison effects from the kind of Monte Cristo? Now, that worked very well. Oh, right come on, wrong. not the toilet oh, no, again. Oh, it worked, didn't it? Oh, listen, I've listened now, two Tony, hours Tony, to Tony, you, you can do it. I know you can. Maybe not another sound man in the business, but you can. Trust me. Use the toilet. Okay, you can use the toilet. Number six, The Night America Panicked. This is another TV movie. This one from 1975. This movie was originally broadcast on ABC on Halloween, October 31st, 1975. It showed two sides of the original War of the Worlds broadcast, the studio production of the infamous broadcast, and listener reactions throughout the United States. I absolutely love this movie as well. In this case, I love the radio studio segments more than anything. From what few pictures were taken that night and reading and listening to interviews from the performers and crew that made this broadcast a reality, the studio moments in this movie seem and feel very accurate. Now, while the amount and level of panic that was created by this broadcast has widely been debunked at this point in time, the other side of the story was at least well laid out and the performance is solid. There are a few familiar faces in this movie for audiences around my generation. Tom Bosley from Happy Days fame as the studio executive, Meredith Baxter Burney before Family Ties fame as the young Catholic girl looking to marry her non-Catholic boyfriend before the end of the world, John Ritter from Three's Company as the young hot under-the-collar soldier ready to fight the Martians, and Paul Schoenar from the Primetime Friday Soap Dynasty doing a phenomenal job portraying Orson Welles. This is another movie you can find on YouTube again as of this recording, and the link will be posted in the show notes as well. This could be the beginning of the end for the human race. For what men first thought were meteors or the often ridiculed flying saucers are in reality the flaming vanguard of the invasion from Mars. Looks like they're going to come out of that gully pretty soon. We'll have to rush our defenses to be ready when they do. Guards need plenty of reinforcements. We'll get them. Lieutenant, look! They slash across country like scythes. Wiping out everything that's trying to get away from them. That explains why communication is cut the moment their machines begin moving. Montreal's blacked out. Nothing more has come through. Same thing that happened on the Pacific Coast. Anything from them yet? No, Mr. Secretary. We've had nothing from San Francisco for over five hours. The nations of the world mobilize their armed might, rushing to defend the Earth against the unknown weapons of the super race from the Red Planet. Is there nothing that can stop the Martian death machines? Tanks, bombs, they're like toys against them. We know now that we can't beat their machines. We've got to beat them. All over the world, human beings cower before the onslaught of these unearthly enemies whom no one has ever seen. Panic that sweeps around the globe as the great masses of mankind flee blindly in a headlong stampede of hysteria. Number five, the 1953 movie War of the Worlds. This is the original movie adaptation of War of the Worlds. One of the most uniquely designed interpretations of the Martians on this list. The story plays out the same as the book and the Mercury Theater on the air version, though this is set in the film's present time, 1953. I also love the visuals of this movie, and it's one of my favorite versions of the story. 
This movie was featured, I had mentioned it earlier, on our series, Effectively Speaking, created and hosted by, again, my good friend and Neozaz personality, Eric Moore. He actually invited me on that episode to discuss the first appearance of the Martians and the first attack. If you haven't heard that or you're not familiar with that series, check it out. It's at Neozaz.com. Not only does he do a phenomenal job covering this movie, but every movie he's covered so far in the run of Effectively Speaking. This movie is available for rental on most streaming services, but unfortunately it doesn't seem to be on Netflix or even free on any of the other ones. It seems to be a rental. It's just a few dollars, and if you've not seen it before, it's it's worth it the three to four dollars it costs to have it for a couple days and check it out. Number four, War of the Worlds 75th anniversary by Radio Drama Revival. This is another podcast, a not a Neozaz podcast, which is saying something for me to be promoting it on a Neozaz special, Radio Drama Revival. It's a series that features modern day audio dramas. And on episode 338 of Radio Drama Revival, they played three winners of the War of the World's 75th anniversary contest. 2013 was the 75th anniversary of the Mercury Theater on the Air broadcast of the War of the Worlds, and it was also Convergence Con 2013. Convergence Con and the podcast Radio Drama Revival held a contest. The contest, a retelling and original perspective of the War of the Worlds, and all done in 15 minutes or less. The three winners were the refertilization of the Weed Planet 313, Herbert West versus the Martians, A Tale of Our Fair City, and Dead London by the Wireless Theater Company. All fantastic entries this was a contest i really wanted to enter almost five years ago now but i could not write a version anywhere near 15 minutes or less so additional props to the writers and producers of these series and all the entrants as well i couldn't do it i don't know how you did and i don't know how you had such good results the entire run of this episode with introductions contest explanation and wrap up is just over 48 minutes it's an easy listen and something you can definitely fit in this holiday season again link will be in the show post on newsaz.com a century ago these fields were the bloody arena for the most terrible conflict in human history in 1913 an alien invasion shook the world and hurled it into an unimaginable future. The next four years of ferocious combat has forever marked this ground as the land of the vanished. We were fighting monsters. There was life beyond our planet. It went completely against everything I'd been raised to believe. I'm standing feet away from this huge dome, the cockpit, sticking out of the earth like a a half-closed eye. No one had ever fought a war remotely like this one before. An entire generation of young men, all of them vanished. I'll never stop hating them for what they did. Number three, The Great Martian War, 1913 to 1917. If you don't already have a copy of this, this will be the hardest to find, but it's worth the effort. This is a Canadian, UK, made-for-TV docudrama. 
It's an alternate history of World War I. Instead of fighting the Germans and their allies, Europe fought against invading Martians. This is produced like any other History Channel documentary, interviews with experts, interviews with survivors, and a lot of archival footage from the war. The effects team on this project did an exceptional job placing Martian tripods into World War I archive footage. Again, this is a very hard-to-find special, but if you can find it, it is so worth it. If you can't, there are some clips of the archive footage on YouTube. That alone is worth taking the time to look at because, like I said, it is exceptional. So again, I'll post a link to at least that in this post. We're going to interrupt this record, too, in order that we can get a report on from Don Lancer on his way to Grand Island in the KB uh, Mobile News Cruiser. We're now heading north on the South Grand Island Bridge. We've just passed what has to be one of the largest uh, areas of traffic congestion that I've seen in around the Buffalo area or anywhere in western New York. Uh, traffic coming off the Youngman Expressway is completely at a standstill. Traffic is now backing up on the throughway. This is heading toward the Grand Island Bridge. Uh, we've asked you to please stay away from the area. Uh, there have been fires and explosions on Grand Island. We're presently going across the bridge. Uh, there's one lane open to emergency traffic. This is firefighting apparatus, ambulances, especially ambulances are needed on the island. We understand the casualty count uh, may be higher than at first thought. A policeman we spoke to at the uh, entrance to the bridge uh, gave us that information. We're not exactly sure how many people have been killed or injured, but they're calling in all available ambulances from the area. As we come across the bridge off to our right, we can see uh, an orange light rising in the sky. Uh, it seems to be covering quite a large area along East River Road. As soon as we get down to the scene, we'll have further reports on that. This is Don Lancer, KB Total Mobile News on the Grand Island Bridge. Thank you, Don. KB News is going to keep you informed of the developments as they Jack, come up tonight here on a... Jack, we're going to take this story because of the importance of it. We're going to take it live oh, from the news. From the, oh, okay. Well, all right. And we'll take it into there as soon as we can pick up the equipment and get it high. Oh, all right. Well, that, that's Jeff K., our program director, folks, and he's just informed me that we're going to cover this Grand Island news story live and direct from Grand Island. So uh, uh, I guess it, uh, what we'll have to do is just go on ahead and go to the news department. So with further developments, this is uh, WKBW Buffalo, New York, to our news department. Number two... WKBW 1520 AM's 1971 version of the War of the Worlds. I've stated this more than once last year in our War of the Worlds week coverage. This is my all-time favorite radio broadcast version of the War of the Worlds. In 1968, WKBW Buffalo, New York produced their own version of the War of the Worlds to celebrate the 30th anniversary of the Mercury Theater on the Air event. The 1968 version in its own right is a masterpiece. In 1971, WKBW retold the first half of the recording a bit, switched some minor moments around, and rebroadcast the show with Jackson Armstrong leading the first half of the show up until the Martian landing and attack on Grand Island. I talk a lot about this version in the War of the Worlds and Audio History special, and it's the version that still makes me want to produce the Neo Zaz version of War of the Worlds. It's available in its entirety with opening disclaimer, full music, and commercials, and I highly recommend listening to it in its entire full version at archive.org. An edited version, a version limiting the music and commercials, will be added to this week's War of the Worlds week coverage on Neozaz later this week. If you've not heard this 1971 WKBW version and you're a War of the Worlds fan, you are doing yourself a disservice. Download it, do your trick-or-treating or whatever you do on Halloween night, then come home, Put on some headphones and give this one a listen. Now, we're not more than 25 feet away. Uh, can you hear it now? Uh, Professor Pearson? Yes, sir. Uh, can you tell us the meaning of that 
scraping noise inside the thing? Possibly the unequal cooling of its surface. I say, do you still think it's a meteor, Professor? I don't know what to think. The uh, metal casing is definitely extraterrestrial. Uh, not found on this Earth. Friction with the Earth's atmosphere usually tears holes in a meteorite. This thing is smooth and... You can see it's cylindrical oh, shape. Minute. Something's happening. Ladies and gentlemen, this is terrific. This end of the thing is beginning to flake off. The top is beginning to rotate like a screw and the thing must be hollow. Move it! Keep back there! Keep back there! Keep those men back! Keep back there! Keep those idiots back! Come on, get off! The top's loose! Go, Bill! Stand back! Ladies and gentlemen, this is the most terrifying thing I've ever witnessed. Wait a minute. Someone's crawling someone or something. I can see peering out of that black hole, two luminous discs. The eyes, it might be a face. Might be almost But heavens, something wriggling out of the shadow like a gray snake. Now it's another one and another one and another one. They look like tentacles to me. Oh, yeah, I can see the thing's body. Now it's large. It's large as a bear. It glistens like wet leather, but it's face. Ladies and gentlemen, it's indescribable, but I can hardly force myself to keep looking at it. It's so awful. The eyes are black and they gleam like a serpent. The mouth is that's kind of V-shaped with saliva dripping from its rimless lips. It seemed to... Oh, those quiver and pulsate and the monster or whatever it is can hardly move. It seems weighed down by uh, possibly gravity or something. The thing's rising up now and the crowd falls back. There's seen plenty. The most extraordinary experience, ladies and gentlemen, I can't find words. And, well, I'll pull this microphone with me as I talk. I'll have to stop the description until I can take a new position. Hold on, will you please? I'll be right back in a minute. That leads into number one, and obviously the only one that could be number one on a list like this, the 1938 Orson Welles and Mercury Theater on the air broadcast of... H.G. Wells, The War of the Worlds. I don't know what I can possibly say about this that hasn't been said already. It is a true masterpiece. It's inspired not only everything on this list, but much more, including much of the work I've done under the news as flag for far more years than I'd like to admit these days. It's such a strong piece of audio history that I don't limit myself to listening to this just at Halloween. But you can sure bet that I do listen to this every October 30th on its anniversary without fail. And that is the right date. It did broadcast on the 30th, Mischief Night, which makes it even more of a classic piece of audio. I can't fathom that you're listening to this special and haven't heard this original audio play already. But in the unlikely event that you haven't, stop what you're doing and listen to it now. If you can't listen to it now, download the October 30th episode post from the NeoZaz main feed as we present this year's broadcast of the War of the Worlds by the Mercury Theater on the air. Well, that's that list, but like any list show on NeoZaz, I can't let it go at just what I was supposed to do. I got a couple other things to mention here. First, I'm going to give you what is probably my guiltiest pleasure, but I wouldn't recommend really anybody else spending as much time on it as I have, and that is 50th anniversary TV coverage. If you type in War of the Worlds 50th anniversary in YouTube, you are going to find huge compilations of news coverage about the 50th anniversary. And I watch them. Well, I don't, I've watched them. Now I just kind of leave them on now and again, just to listen to. I don't watch the only so much you can see in news footage viewings over and over again, but I have listened to them more than once. Not going to admit how many times I'm going to let you go ahead and try to guess that number. Not that I'll ever admit to it, but that's my guilty pleasure. I do have a bottom of the barrel list stuff. I will never watch or subject myself to again with more of the worlds and it starts with and i do get flack for it from time to time 
The War of the Worlds version by LA Theater Works, which is an entirely Star Trek cast. It has John Delancey, Leonard Nimoy, Gates McFadden, Armin Shimmerman, uh, I think Renee Abergenois and a lot of other people are in it. Actually, no, I take that back. I think Renee Abergenois is actually in the 50th anniversary. But regardless of that, a ton of Star Trek people, people go, how can you not like that because it's Star Trek? I don't like it because it's a word-for-word acting-for-acting remake of the original. It's I don't mind using the same script, but they were impressions. They weren't performances. That's what makes me not like it. I'll move on now. Spaced Invaders. Spaced Invaders was a terrible movie that came out in 1990. It was intended to be a War of the Worlds-esque, but a comedy. It was terrible. I was kind of excited to see a sci-fi comedy. I didn't see a sci-fi comedy. So if you ever happen to be searching through Netflix and come across Space Invaders, keep going. In fact, if you keep scrolling and come across my number one, never ever going to spend any more time on War of the Worlds thing again in the form of War of the Worlds 2, the next wave, just turn off your TV and go do something else. Go listen to the 1938 War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds 2, the next wave was a direct-to-video slash direct-to-sci-fi channel movie starring C. Thomas Howell. It was a continuation of the War of the Worlds story set in modern times, so you kind of got the impression it was a sequel to the Tom Cruise one, but not directly. It doesn't matter. It is god-awful beginning to end, and I actually feel bad for C. Thomas Howe. I don't dislike him. I felt awful he was in a movie this bad. Uh, the, the, the story, the effects, if you want to call I can't call them special effects because they're not special in any regard whatsoever. The worst War of the World thing I think I've ever seen. It's the one that comes to mind that I will not see again. In fact, a friend of mine, Scott Garner from the Two True Freaks podcast network, sent me a picture of it. Uh, I think he saw it at like Walmart or Target, as if I'd ever seen it. And I immediately ordered him to burn it, burn it with fire. It's so bad. So those are my bottom of the list. Avoid, don't that's waste your time. There's so many better things to experience when it comes to war of the worlds all right that will wrap up this episode and start our war of the worlds week for 2017 again it's a short run for this year next up will be a repost of the war of the worlds and audio history from neozaz that we produced last year followed by the wkbw 1971 version of war of the worlds and our annual posting of the original 1938 mercury theater on the air version of the war of the worlds it's been a busy, busy fall for Neozaz outside of podcasting. So even though this is a short run, we still couldn't let the Halloween season end without featuring something on War of the Worlds. I hope you enjoyed this. Stay tuned to Neozaz for more on War of the Worlds and all the other great shows and specials we do all year long. I'm Matt. I want to thank you one more time for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode. <laughs>